Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. With me today is Kyle Davies, and we're talking about stress. TwoQuestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. I'm Susan Barantini-Mo. Joining me today is Kyle Davies. He's a coach, an author, and a trainer, and he teaches people how to optimize their well-being, attain clarity of mind, and perform more effectively at work, home, and in life. He's also the author of this book, The Intelligent Body, Reversing Chronic Fatigue and Pain from the Inside Out. And we're talking about that today. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure to be here. My first Welsh guest. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've interviewed people on many continents now and, and in many different countries and not Wales. It's so exciting. <laughs> Wales is a very exciting place. And yes. It's been because the sun has been shining, which is quite rare because normally it's raining. So exciting. What a good day this is. Well, okay. all right. Your book, this book is fascinating and and it's a very rich book and it's full of so much information and we've already agreed now we're putting it on the air so you can't change your mind we've already agreed you're going to come back and you're we're going to talk about more things in the book but today we're going to concentrate on stress only so in the book you talk about that it's not just the stress that we know about but the stress we don't feel so could you talk about a, a little bit about what kinds of stress we might not be aware of and what the consequences are what it does to our bodies Ooh, big question, that one. It is. So, <laughs> I, I, think, I think that people often think that stress, because it's a word we use every day, isn't it? Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so stressed, you know, this is happening, yeah. that's happening, I'm so stressed. So I, my sense of it is that people think that stress is that kind of agitated feeling that they have. Right. And I would say, well, yeah, that's maybe we, you can use that word for stress, but in the strictest sense, Stress is a set of measurable events, subjective events that take place in body and brain. And I think there's two really important things about stress. So the first thing I think is important about thing is important about stress is that um, there's a whole variety of things that can lead to the body being in a state of stress or triggering the stress response. So you could have a physical injury, you could be involved in a car accident, you could have a virus, you could have a bad piece of flu, or you could have a buildup of emotion or an emotional trauma. And all of those things would lead to the exact same stress response in the body. Hmm. So even things like a bad diet, excessive exercise, uh, alcohol, lack of sleep. There's a whole range of things that will lead to the same stress response in the body. So I think that's really interesting because what that means is this 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 definition or this split between the physical and the mental, the mind and the body is not really there. Uh, and I think when we look at stress, or we can understand that well, stress is this thing this response that affects probably most of the body and most of the brain uh, and we can we can see that well all of these different things trigger the same response we can realize well actually stress is a lot more than we than we thought so that's the first important thing 
I think, about stress. The second important thing about stress is it's very possible for your body to be in the stress response or in a state of stress without you even being aware of it. So your body can be doing its thing. You could be in your conscious awareness, think you're perfectly happy. Um, and a good example of this is that I, some years ago, I, I read a book called Healing Without Prozac and Freud by a psychiatrist called Dr. David Sirvan Schreiber. And in this book, he talks about uh, an experiment that he's doing where he's looking at kind of the stress response to a certain extent and the, the activity of the brain and the body uh, when people are exposed to or watching disturbing films. So he has people in, in his lab, he shows them some film, and he's measuring the heart rate, blood pressure, and the activity in the brain. And he talks about, he's got this one lady in doing the experiment. She's watching this, this film and he sees that her heart rate's going up and her blood pressure's kind of sky high and the activity of her brain's kind of going bonkers. And he's thinking, oh my God, this lady's in a deep state of stress. I'd better go and check. She's all right. So he goes into the lab and he says, are you okay? Uh, do you want me to turn this off? And she looks at him with an element of surprise and says, <laughs> oh no, I'm perfectly... I'm perfectly happy. I'm, you know, I'm perfectly fine. I'm quite happy watching this. So that was the kind of evidence that her body, her brain and body are registering a response, mm. but her conscious awareness has tuned out from it. So when I talk about the idea of invisible or hidden stress, I think it's that thing that it's very possible for us to, to, get into that space where we do learn to tune out of that feedback. You know, the kind of ideal is that we are kind of connected mind and body. We're aware of the feedback that we get from our body in terms of the feelings that we have, mm -hmm. and we pay attention to those. And then we're, we, you know, we do whatever we do as a result. But it's possible, it's entirely possible to, for us to tune out, tune out of that. And I think one of the things is that we're a very kind of thinking-centered, brain-centered culture, and we think about everything, we overthink everything. <laughs> and my sense of it, as one of, the, one of the, the, the outputs of that excessive thinking and excessive spent time in one's brain or in one's head, is that we tune out. There's almost like a trap door that shuts from the neck yes. down. Tune out of what goes on. Uh, and I think the result is that um, we, you know, we we lose touch. And there's all sorts of things that that arguably that can that can result in that. You could experience trauma when you're young, and that can lead to you to you, you tuning out. Or it could just be a habit that's that's developed. And as I say, because our culture is one of where we're we're kind of a combination of external and in our heads we just tune out of our own feedback so those are the two important things about stress as I say and that idea of of not being um, often not being aware of when our body is registering the, the stress response when that happens the obviously you know i would argue over a period of time if the body remains in the stress response then it begins to break down and that's when problems ensue oh i'm in trouble you know i i like these superhero shows there are a lot of exciting things happening i watch those shows a lot i'm in trouble kyle <laughs>
probably my, my stress response is really high when I'm doing that. And I don't even know. I do. I, I kind of understand what you were talking about in that study though. When I watch shows where people are doing physically exciting things, like, like, you know, American Ninja Warrior or the strongman competitions, I think I can feel my body. Well, you can feel it. There you you that's, can that's feel the key it. thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but think, I think. But, sorry, but, so that, that's the key thing. And I think that's one of the that's one of the reasons that we like movies and we like TV because we have that emotional response and right. as humans we can become addicted to that up and down of feeling that we were getting and there's psychological safety in that because we kind of know that we're not getting harmed we're allowing ourselves to play a game where because all of that emotion it's not it's not that it's triggered by that that tv show our emotion emerges and is created and constructed inside of us but you know we kind of set it up that we allow that to happen and we're mm -hmm. safe but what did you say you kind of know that i mean I, I love watching sport as a welshman i love watching rugby uh and and i feel it i'm very aware of the the feelings that i have and i'm very aware of the frustration that arises if wales are not playing well don't get my husband started watching soccer <laughs> but but you're saying there's the, more there's more that we're not aware of yeah yeah i, I think that uh if, if you are aware of it that's great because you can it's at that point when you are aware you can do something with it or about it if you're not aware that's when it's a problem right Right. All right. So, so to someone's watching the show right now and maybe they're going, okay, whoa, I had no idea this could be happening. And clearly stress and whether we're aware of it or not can have a significant impact on our body. What can that person who's just starting to become aware start to do today now to start to manage it, heal it, reduce it? Uh, if you're talking about a person that is perfectly healthy, mm. uh, but, but recognises that they spend an inordinate amount of time in their head shattering away, then simply being a little bit more present. You know, it, it's being in the body, being aware of your breathing from time to time as you go through your day, just allowing yourself to be present be in be inside be aware of your breathing be aware of your feet on the floor you know the wind on your on your face uh that that all helps um and recognizing that i you don't keeps recognizing that you don't have to think through everything that there is a you know we can't i don't think that we can necessarily control well, much really. I don't think we can control our thinking. I don't think we can necessarily control in this moment what we feel. What we do now influences what we think and feel into the future. But in this moment, I cannot control what I feel. Um, but I can, so there's, I guess there's a few things. One is if I know that I'm not my thinking, my thinking is just something that's happening and my thoughts are not necessarily a reflection of a single reality out there that actually what i think is affected by what i what i feel because everything i see uh think and you know and all the rest of it is affected by my feelings we generally think that our 
feelings are directly caused or affected by our thinking. I think thoughts and then I have, have feelings. So we've had this right. entire industry based on the idea that change your life, change your thoughts, you'll change your feelings, you'll change your life. And that's just not the case really because our our feelings, even though we can't separate them out in terms of locations in the brain, our feelings probably have a little bit more influence over our thinking than the other way around. Um, but knowing that, and then knowing that, well, I'm not my thoughts, they're just kind of something that happens, that it makes it a little bit easier to not have to spend so much time in my head. So I can redirect attention and, and that, you know, the tip for that person who's watching is having that knowledge that usually kind of thinking and overthinking can make things worse. So we need a distinction a little bit between, and I think part of this is the wisdom of life, is knowing when to think and when not to think in terms mm. of conscious thought. So it's a bit like, you know, you use a spoon to eat, to eat soup as opposed to a fork. So a lot of the time, I think, because we're in this kind of thinking culture, we tend to not only think about a strategic problem at work, but we also think about our feelings and how we've got to solve them. And that's not what we want to think about. So if, if people can step into a space of believing that life can be simple and life is supposed to be simple, there are certain things to think about, but those things are not necessarily about me and my feelings if I'm thinking about a work problem great but aside from that it's more useful for me to be present in this moment in my body just engaged in life now in doing that I'm it's it equips me to pick up on whatever it is I'm feeling because if I'm up in my head then the chances are I'm not picking up on what I'm feeling and because of this miss miss kind of mash of of uh, thinking and feeling and both influencing each other. If I am just thinking about things and I'm jumping into the past and jumping into the future, there will be feelings that are, are created as a result of that. And because those feelings don't relate to what's going on right now, it can be difficult for me to kind of work through those or discern between anything that may be related to now and anything that's not related to now. So, that I, I'm probably waffling a little bit there, but the, the kind of the key tip is it's being a little bit more present, but it's 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 coming from an understanding that well actually I'm I'm not my thinking, and then my thinking is probably not a an accurate reflection of one reality because reality I would say is constantly shifting because mm -hmm. we because whatever our reality is really is kind of the meaning that we're inferring or the meaning that we're we are. Put, putting upon whatever is going on and because our perception is totally colored by our feeling in the moment then our reality in the moment is based upon that so it's based on our that state of feeling that mood that you know uh, so does that answer the question yeah it, in a really cerebral way I think you know I so what what I think you're saying is become more present and be aware that you don't always have to be thinking, that you can quiet the voice in your head and just be in that moment. Is that kind of what you're saying? That's kind of what I'm saying. Super simplified? <laughs> yeah. Part of the reason for me giving the extra bit is because it can be the case that, um, 
I, I think I think the knowledge that goes with it is important. Otherwise, it can just become a technique that right. a person tries to force themselves into the present. Oh, I've got to be more present. I've got to be more present. You know, and right. it becomes a mind-driven exercise or mind-driven technique. And for me, that's it's missing the essence of what it's all about. It's un, it needs to be underpinned by the idea that I am a flow of consciousness. And in order, in order for me to be my best self, in order for me to have the best experience, I need to allow that flow of, of, of consciousness to be. So mm. I call that my true self. When I'm aligned with my true self, there is, it's just simply a flow. And I unfold in, in each moment. And I've, you know, there's good feelings and bad feelings and all the rest of it, but it's part of a natural flow. And that natural flow is me. And I think it's important to know that because when I know that, it be, I naturally am drawn into a present moment. I don't have to force myself through thinking. Most, again, this is a cultural thing because we're used to doing everything through our head and we're always used to wanting a structure and steps and techniques. <laughs> Most people are doing it in that sort of way. Well, give me the, the steps I have to take. And they make it a mental exercise. Uh, so, I, and I think that's a little bit of the difference between what I teach and what is mindfulness. Because, you know, I know there are different brands of mindfulness, but an aspect of mindfulness can be observing your thoughts. And it becomes a, like a mental technique. And I, I, I'm a fan of the idea of, because I, I feel that ideally, in order to experience health, happiness, and all the rest of it, we want to be in, in alignment with what I'm calling our true self, which is this flow of consciousness. And that's sort of knowledge rather than a technique. You mm -hmm. can, I can nudge my, if I notice that I'm, I'm allowing myself to get caught up in thinking, I can, I can nudge myself back into the present. But it's from that, that underpinning framework of, all I'm doing is I'm realigning with my the flow of my true self. And it's not always easy to do that. And there may, there may be times when I am caught off in daydreaming, and that's kind of fine too. I don't, I don't want to force myself all the time. But it's, it's about a gentle nudge back to the present, underpinned by, well, what I'm looking to do is align with my true self. Mm. Well, I, I love the idea of that, and I feel like I want to understand it more. Um, I want to have you back to talk specifically about this concept of true self and, and perhaps other things in this book, because I, you're, you're explaining things in such a, at such a deep level that I think, I think we need to understand more about that. So will you come back? I would love to come back. I love what you're talking about. And I, I really want to explore more fully this idea of true self and how we can come to know it. And so come back and we'll talk about that itself because that's worthy of its own show. Well, it'd be my pleasure. All right, great. So Kyle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. All right, viewers, here's the book. And we're going to have links down below in the show notes for today. Podcast viewers, we're also going to have the link in the show notes for you. So look on your app. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.